0: Welcome to Hockey Night in New York, where Islanders hockey always reigns supreme. Whether you were raised at the barn in Uniondale or born in the stable at Belmont, Hockey Night in New York is your home for all things Isles. Now, let's drop the puck and get this party started. Ladies and gentlemen, it is Hockey Night in New York. Welcome to the program, everyone. It is Sunday, November 27th, 2022. Coming at you live from Florida Media in Rockville Center. Another wonderful show here coming up for you on Hockey Night in New York. I'm joined by Chris Botta. My name is Sean Cuthbert. And joining us tonight on the show from from Bleacher Report and the Too Many Men podcast, Sarah Sivian. Looking forward to having her on the show. Great stuff. Chris Botta.
1: How are you? I'm doing great. It just hit me now that I don't think I'm ever going to get used to being on camera and this. Just- <laughs> set up so you'll be I, fine I, I think three months great. from now i'll be feeling the same way you, one of these days all right you're
0: doing so how was how was your day nice everything game, was nice. great
1: how about you guys good yeah had so had nice
0: good. everything's good it was a nice little family time so here we are after a uh,
1: four game winning streak for the new york islanders uh i don't even know how to react right it's probably been a while even for you to do a show like this with four for four yeah yeah point week Doing the show after that, it's just been uh, fantastic. It all started with the Toronto game, which Toronto coughed up. Yes. Goalie coughed up. Yes. And blew and we're, it in overtime in spectacular fashion.
0: Yeah, and we're going to get into all that, but first, want to remind you all that we are proud to be presented by Blue Line Deli and Bagels, located at 719 West Jericho Turnpike in Huntington, new location 217 Carlton Avenue in East Islip, and of course, UBS Arena Belmont, also very happy to be sponsored by Lost Farmer Brewing Company, located at 63A, 2nd Street in Mineola. Check them out. We've got the Stable Shaker here. We've got the Top Gun IPA. We're having a good time here. And uh, with that out of the way, let's talk about that four-game winning streak. Yeah, let's. let's do it. So they go into Toronto, and they come out with two points that they had absolutely no business coming home with. The
1: thing that was amazing to me, Sean, was that Toronto in the third period, until the goalie coughed it up. To Josh Bailey who did what he does and great patience to score the game player. but Toronto actually played a really good protect the lead period I during the as the minutes went on I was thinking oh this feels like a little bit of a different Maple Leaf team there it's a 2-1 sure. game they're keeping it tight um, the, the Islanders didn't really have a lot of chances you know quality chances and then, just in a moment, you know, a couple of minutes between the goalie giving it away, and then the Maple Leafs were checked out in that overtime. It was they—they yes. they showed uh, Keith on the bench. He was like banging his head against the glass. <laughs> Matthews, Marner, Tavares—they were all out of it. So it looked like the Anders were going to win. Uh, Bovillier, of course, with the goal, of course, right. And um, and then that just propels them to the week. We talked about on the show last week about this ten games over five hundred mark. Mm-hmm. That it that that's the new five hundred in the in the current NHL. You get those points in the bank. Another thing right. we've talked about a lot right. early in the season, and if big if, but with three games also winnable on the horizon, the next three right uh, against not high quality opponents two at home. If they were to take all three, big if. They would be ten games over five hundred, and and that would be. It's already a pretty astonishing season. The narrative, the way it's gone on so far, but that would really be something to possibly be sitting here around the next time we do a show, and then being ten over NHL five hundred. Yeah, that would be nice. Let's let's take it one game at a time. But I mean, you can't help but get
0: excited and look at the schedule and say, hey, they've they've had some tough games in the past. Now they got some teams that you expect them to beat because of how they've established themselves so far in the season. So, you know, we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about that when we get to what's on tap. But, you know, it's funny you mentioned Bavillier and Bailey and just them being the uh, the heroes in that game after, you know, basically spending some time on this, this show talking about how they need to pick it up. Bailey obviously being a healthy str- scratch for a couple of games. Bavillier kind of quieting down. And, and you know, Josh Bailey was like a repeat of that, uh, that, that goal that he had against Pittsburgh in the playoffs not too long ago with the, the goalie giveaway. And just a beautiful shot from Bavillier to to get the winner, and he ends up getting a goal later on in the week too. So you know maybe this is one of those moments now for Anthony Bavillier where he's you know uh, on the on the upswing of his inconsistency,
1: and it could be just you know different heroes each night, right? Right. Like that was their night. Prezzi had a good Saturday night. Yeah. Wallström's had his nights. It seems like every five games or so, right? And then you don't hear from him as much. The key here is that the Islanders they're not. Blowing anybody out, they're just taking care of business. And if you look at this week, Toronto, Columbus, Philadelphia games, they should win. None of them were easy by any stretch, Mm -hmm. but they got the win. Another thing we've talked about is this isn't about keeping scores to quality wins or how good they might look. It's about getting those two points, and they did it. All four games this week. Can they do it again? Well, Chris, I mean, you you
0: mentioned that, and and how many times – you know, when the Islanders would, would go up against a team that maybe y- you say the Islanders de- deserve to win and they lose. And, th- and then the cliche comes out, well, good teams find a way to win. Mm-hmm. And that's what the Islanders are doing these days. And and, and that's, you know, is it finally time? And I want to ask Sarah Savian about this and talk to her about it. Is it, oh, you know, we're 23 games in now. Is this is this finally a team? Are they for real? Are they finally, you know, kind of showing us who they are? We keep asking this question every week.
1: Yeah, uh, you know, there's two ways to answer that. There's they are they for real as a regular season ten or fifteen or eighteen games over five hundred team. Yes, are they for real as a playoff contender? You know, in terms of what happens in the playoffs, is this mm-hmm. a team capable of winning a couple of rounds? Well, we know they have the goaltending for it, um, but that I don't. I'm not too sure we have the answer for. The good news here is a big part of this was the coaching change and what was going to be the impact. And if they got off to a slow start, that could really lead to problems, perhaps mentally wear on them, uh, question their confidence, fan base, everything. But that is now – that's in the past. They, right. they will have some bumps along the road, sure. I would suspect. They're not that good. They're not that talented. So Listen, we can't get too crazy about it. But they are beating the teams they're supposed to. The Philly game was just perfect. I mean, you gotta remember, you're playing a Philadelphia team that that is thin, as all heck. Right. Where to begin with? Now they have injuries. And I think the coach Tortorella is handling them properly. He's Mm. not killing them. Um, He's he he knows where they are. They're probably going to be in the Bedard sweepstakes, and that would be great for the Flyers. Something if you're an Islander fan, you'd want to root against. Um, (laughs) But you know, two two going into the third, but they get the late goal in second to, to tie it up, and you go into that wondering. Well, no, they took care of business early in the third. They didn't sweat it out. They got to them early. These are good, good signs. I, you know, you would think the same thing will happen when they play them in Philly. In the end, the the talent wins out, but you have to meet their work ethic, and you know the Flyers are going to go into that the next one at home thinking we have to end the streak. They are desperate. The Islanders currently are not. The right. fact that the Islanders came out of that home game Saturday at UBS with a win, send the home team fans happy, all really, really good signs.
0: Yeah, and it was an entertaining one too. You mentioned earlier Sorokin's name. Just wanted to also bring up that in that three nothing shutout against the Oilers, career high forty nine saves. You didn't even mention the other game
1: yet, which is right. which is amazing. <laughs> uh, that's the, uh, the 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 little quiet game, three goal second period. Yeah, yeah, key saves when he needed to. A couple of spectacular ones. Um, I know the coaches and the goalie will even humbly say, you know, the team did a good job of keeping him to the outside. You know, it wasn't 40, it wasn't 49. Great, great shots. Agreed. But that that said, man, this guy is, uh, he's special. And I know I tweeted about it. It was an original thought, but this is not no longer a Vezina consideration but this is a heart trophy consideration when you look at all the the press and all the votes that Igor Igor Shosturkin got last year at the Rangers for the heart trophy coming in third getting something like 27 first place votes 49 49 ish second place votes if I can remember Uh, Sorokin means every bit as much to the Islanders these Islanders this year's Islanders Uh, as Shusterkin did to last year's Rangers. No, there's no doubt about it. He's
0: been absolutely tremendous. I mean, he's been the team's MVP to this point. I think that's easy to say. Yeah. Yeah. So moving on from that, and you talk about the the goals in that game, JGP with a, a power play goal and a shorty. So he carries over. From we talked about him last week, he he was mentioned the hero of the week. He has another great week. So it looks like he's he's developed some consistency here. So that's great to see. You know, you talk about uh, going going into Columbus, they establish that two nothing lead. They give up two on what you might consider a, a questionable five on three situation. One, yeah, yeah, two quick power play goals against, but. You know what? They reel it in. Brock Nelson, who has been
1: clutch all season, he gets the game winner and
0: another another victory for the team.
1: And another example of taking advantage, finally, of the weaker team. Cracking Columbus was hanging in there two two, right? And I actually I don't know who it was on Columbus, but uh, just careless in his own z- own uh, in his own zone, trying mm-hmm. to rush out of it, trying to play it off the boards, but not you know flying the zone, as I'm sure the coach yelled at him for, and just like Bailey took advantage of the Toronto goalie. Uh, Nelson did it on Friday night in Columbus. And these these are signature, can we call them now, Lane Lambert wins? I mean, these, I think these so. are 3-2 nail biters, taking care of business, third time I've probably said that in 10 minutes already, but that's okay. This is about getting those points in the bank, and they're doing a good job of it. And the reason why I keep on bringing up this coming week is it, it's a – Toronto, good team. Edmonton, good team. Now, right, these three teams coming up: uh, Chicago at home, Nashville at home, Philadelphia on the road. These are the games that the Islanders have been winning all season. Let's see if they can keep it going. We will, we will. So let's just wrap on the Philly game here. Obviously, mm-hmm. there was some
0: extracurriculars in that one outside of just yeah. the scoring. What's your What's your take on the, on the game? Uh, well, look, it was certainly entertaining. I'll start with that. But it, that you were was there? I was not. I was not, but I did get to see it, and uh, and that was that was a tale of two different teams. You, you mentioned a little bit before where the Islanders clearly showed to be the better team. Philly played them tough, and they obviously got a little. Um, a little upset towards the towards the latter part of the game. Romanov had that great hip check, nice clean check. Flyers take exception to it. You have a little bedlam there on the ice, and Oliver Walsham answers the bell with Tony D'Angelo coming after him, and uh, I don't think that Tony was, uh, was expecting it to go that way.
1: Yeah, it's always uh, funny when you see guys who – they think, he, uh, oh, I'm taking on a finesse forward. Oh, I, I see him; he skates fairly well, <laughs> but right. you know he can shoot the puck. But he probably isn't a fighter. But Wallstrom's proven himself to be; he can take care of himself more than
0: once. More yeah. than once, he he mentioned that he did a little MMA training with Matt Martin in the off season, so mm-hmm. perhaps that helped. But yeah,
1: he uh, he made pretty quick work of Tony D'Angelo, and he probably regretted uh, making that decision. If I could uh, just. Pr- little word of caution so i don't we don't come off as like i won't come off as like a, a backseat driver or a monday morning quarterback whatever the hockey equivalent is this is the only guy on the team who could forward who could really shoot the puck he scored a goal the other day it was the kind of goal
0: uh, brock Nelson okay
1: shoot the puck he could no okay he could the goal that wallstrom got the other night mm-hmm. was a kind of goal that we don't see the one to open the, the scoring guys. against columbus yes okay um so you know, I just I don't think you want to be messing with these too much. Understood.
0: You want them on the ice and not, in the, not yes. in the box. Well, I think as an extension of that, and this is something we wanted to talk about. I, don't want, him getting, to, I don't want to hurting, hurting his hands. You no, know, no. Yeah. We, hitting. We, the somebody. Islanders need those hands yes. to be ripping yeah, off shots. No, true. I agree with you there. And we'll pick it up. But folks, we're going to take a break because Sarah Sivian of Bleacher Report is going to join us. So I want to thank you all for tuning in to Hockey Night New York here at twitch.tv slash hockey night NY. And, of course, your favorite podcast providers. We will be right back. Hey Islander fans, you already know Blue Line Deli & Bagels is the best place to get your game day meal, and now you can get it at the game. Blue Line Deli & Bagels is proud to be featured in the brand new UBS Arena for all Islander games and live events as an official partner of the New York Islanders. Blue Line is also moving beyond Belmont, opening its doors at 217 Carlton Avenue in East Iceland. So whether it's at the Islanders' new home, East Islip, or at the flagship deli at 719 West Jericho Turnpike in Huntington, all three locations are eager to greet you with their familiar, friendly service and the best food around. So stop on in for delicious Bagel Boss bagels, hearty breakfast favorites, tasty hockey-themed heroes, freshly made smoothies, and so much more. And remember, you can always check out the menu and order online at BlueLineDeli.com. Blue Line Deli and Bagels. Our goal is to make you a hero. thanks for giving some time to our sponsors ready to talk more aisles the train rolls on right here on hockey night in new york
1: welcome back to hockey night in new york chris body here with sean cuthbert and our guest from bleacher report and the awesome too many men podcast is sarah sevian how are you sarah it's chris
2: i'm fantastic now chris how are you i'm
1: doing great (laughs) thank you so much for doing this How's life? You're back home. Life is good. You've made the move after some time in Carolina.
2: Yeah, it's great. I mean, I was just at the Canes Bruins game and I was kind of sad, but it is what it is. Sometimes it's just kind of time to move on. I miss my family. It's been great having some time here and the Bruins are doing so well that it was kind of a good career move too.
1: Oh, good. I'm really, really happy for you. Uh, you did a great job uh, on the Canes, and and I know you are at uh, Bleacher Report and the podcast and more to come from you. So we, we, you know, we're not going to put all this pressure on you to speak for the entire <laughs> national media, Sarah, but I, I did want to have you on because we're a quarter into the Islanders season, or the NHL season, and they're doing well. And we kind of believe here, but, you know, I'll be honest. We live on Long Island. I worked with Dean for 20 years. Sean's sitting here in kind of Islanders gear and stuff. So, you know, so we could be blinded. So I wanted your Sarah Sivian take on the New York (laughs) Islanders under Lane Lambert. And, you know, do you believe?
2: You know what? I think Islanders fans will be happy with me for once. I actually love them this year. I'm kind of shocked at the high scoring, especially without Barzell's goals early there. I, I love Lane Lambert, honestly, too. I think that's a great promotion there, and it's good to see that paying off.
1: Good. And Ilya Sorokin, you know, I don't think he's a secret anymore. Would you agree? I mean, Where do you rank him in the NHL among the goalies? Igor Shosturkin got Hart Trophy consideration, came in third last year. Does Ilya Sorokin deserve it? Granted, it's early on. What do you think, sir?
2: Yeah, I'm going top five at least this year, maybe top three. We'll see. Gold ending can be so shakel, so we'll see. But obviously, I'm loving what I'm seeing right now, especially, like, I I think he's done a really good job despite, I don't know, I think his defense is pretty good, but not the best in the league for me. So I feel like that kind of goes to show how good he's been.
1: Yeah. He proved it in the Edmonton series and back to Lane Lambert, you know, it was certainly a, a controversial decision, the firing of, 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 Barry Trotz. I was shocked. I definitely would like to get your reaction, uh, but why do you think it is working with Lane Lambert?
2: Well, it's interesting with Trotz because I mean, some of his comments have made it seem like maybe he didn't really want it, and now he's not a head coach anywhere. Right. So it's kind of just like, I, I think maybe he didn't want to, be, I'm, just, I'm completely speculating but he he might want to do management or something i think and i think it goes to show lambert was in his system and got promoted so I, you don't really see that every day either so it goes to show that like it's kind of the the same mentality to a degree and it's kind of a fresher voice maybe
0: for sure, Sarah. Sean here. So to kind of piggyback off of that, Lou Lamarillo is kind of looking pretty smart these days, isn't he? Going from, you know, firing Barry Trotz, he brings in Lane Lambert. It's working out very nicely now. He got a lot of slack for for pretty much and pat over the summer. He only really brings in Romanov as, a, as an add to this team where everybody, including myself, is talking about how much scoring that they've needed. And you mentioned at the top here that they've been scoring goals. So is, is Lou looking smart, or does he still have to uh, make some moves here to improve this team?
2: You know what? Uh, it, I'll eat my crow on that. I was kind of furious with him because I thought the Islanders had potential, but they needed to do something. But I feel like sometimes it's a lesson, right? Like we get so wrapped up in the team needs to do something, even though it, the thing that they could do that's available to them might not be the best option. And you look at the teams that made these big splashes, and honestly, they aren't doing as well as the Islanders right now. So sometimes we need to have more patience, um, especially with younger groups, you know?
0: Yeah, for sure. And, you know, you want to talk about a guy like Matt Barzell. He's he's leading the league in assists right now. He was obviously a little slow out of the gate scoring goals. He he got a little slack for that. But, I mean, this is a guy now who's playing at just over a point per game pace. Is this, does this have potential for a breakout season for him in this more open, open-minded, open I suppose, open offense, uh, Lane Lambert hockey here, where maybe he can kind of reestablish himself as, as a top player in this league now that his numbers might, you know, suit the part?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I don't know if this is a hot take, but I mean, everybody's been wanting him to work on his two-way game and like add more dynamic aspects to his game. So I feel like we shouldn't have ever, not that anybody was panicking, but I don't know. I I wrote a few weeks ago, like, don't worry about Barzal's lack of goals. I think he's doing exactly what he needs to do, and the goals will come, right? Like, I think the assists have been huge and just kind of... the, The Islanders haven't had any trouble scoring, so there you have it. I feel like maybe this year he's kind of learning what it really takes to be a great teammate. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, for sure. He's definitely rounded out his game some more. And just to to go to the fun side of things here, you have a little fashion rankings here around the (laughs) league. And I wanted to ask you about that. First and foremost, is there any criteria to this? Is there certain elements you're looking for on the fashion rankings or you're kind of just looking around at each team and, and seeing what they got going on?
2: well I understand to kind of get on me for this and as they should but what people don't realize is that it has to, I have to be able to see it on social media and the Islander right. social media doesn't post mm, them so I'll have to like them. go out and, yeah yeah I wish they posted more but the Maple Leafs finally started posting so now I finally have them in the rankings but it's kind of like there's only so much I can do if I'm not physically there and there's no pictures but I do look for. I don't know the trends of the time and adding your own personal flair. Like you've got line A and Pasternak. They're both really good at incorporating some of the trends and the big brands of the time, but also Pasternak little hats and Line's toques and his little accessories are always standouts to me.
1: Are the Islanders, uh, are, are there other teams that also don't, uh, do you know some postings of the fits of the guys walking in. I mean, this has become pretty prevalent throughout sports mm-hmm. collegiately as well, but are there other NHL teams? Do you know who don't do it, who you're not able to rank?
2: Yeah. It's interesting because some of the older, like you think about Lou and you're like, Oh, it makes sense. They wouldn't mm-hmm. post. It's like Red Wings just recently started. They used to just do all black and white, which is interesting. And then the Maple Leafs just started this year too. Last year they weren't doing anything, which was a bummer because of Matthews and Nylander. Obviously they're two of the best dressed guys. So they, it, it's an interesting balance. Some people do it like a little too much, I think. And you got to strike. I mean, I don't mind, but I'm sure it's like kind of overkill, but it, it's interesting. Most teams are doing it these days.
1: It always goes to, like, when teams are winning, it's never an issue if a team's, like, I don't know, like, if the Canucks do it regularly, and then when you lose, it no matter how great the guys might look, it just, it it never comes off looking good, right? Um, Yeah. So, let me ask you this. It it shouldn't be your job to have to track down teams, uh, in my opinion. (laughs) That's me saying it. But if Islander fans, so, like, I get the sense from things I've seen that fans have shared, I see on Twitter and Instagram, for example example that Matthew Barzal happens to be a sharp guy seems to be a sharp dresser. And there are others as well. If, you know, do you take write in candidates? Like if fans <laughs> were to share them with you and put them yes. up for, right. Because yes. I
2: understand. yes. And that would be better because I, there's like certain copyright things too with Instagram mm. where like if it's on Instagram, I can't use it. I can only use Twitter. So if they were to tweet the photo at me, I can even use their own tweet. So that works out, but definitely, I love when it, it's so fun when fans get involved and also when the teams, like I've seen um Zdora on the flames broadcast is calling me out by name. And just like, Hey, <laughs> nice. like, look at this outfit. I'm like, okay. Like it's kind of funny how they're all getting involved. And I love when my attention gets drawn to somebody when they, they call me out.
1: Oh, that's fantastic. I mean, that's, uh, that's a, that's a thing that you've carved out on your own. I know there've been followers since, or uh, people who have, uh, imitated since but congratulations on that so there's the message for islander fans uh please feed yeah. this call that if you see those shots i saw of all look like it looks like a wedding or engagement party <laughs> this summer or going into a game or fan shots uh somehow get them to sarah and sarah yeah. let's go back to hockey to wrap up in the eastern conference you know, I think we've seen enough perhaps of some of the top teams that look like they're locks for playoffs and also um, some of the teams like the Flyers, perhaps Columbus, who look like locks to not make it. I was wondering your thoughts on where the East stacks up right now.
2: Yeah, I mean, around the league, there's, it's been a really weird season, with kind of unexpected streaks. right? I, I do think – the Devils, that is one of my biggest surprises of the season, obviously. Um, I think they're going to obviously make the playoffs. The Bruins, I mean, I get an up-close and personal look at them, and they just like are finding all these different ways to win when they were kind of counted out, too. I think the Islanders will make it, maybe a wild-card spot. I'm kind of confused about the Rangers. I'd like to get your opinion on them. I, I think uh, they're showing a little mental weakness to me.
0: Yeah, there's definitely been – the Metro's been very interesting. I mean, not a lot of people expected the Islanders to be where they are right now, holding on to some home ice in the second-place spot. Obviously, nobody bet on the Devils except for maybe five or six Devil fans, right? (laughs) Yeah. And, and then you look at what's happening with, with Washington there. They're heading towards mm-hmm. the bottom, and Pittsburgh's only kind of picked it up recently. They've started rattling off a couple of wins. So it's going to be interesting to see how how it shakes out, especially if there is a little bit of the change in the guard with teams like Washington and maybe Pittsburgh struggling a little bit. And you talk mm-hmm. about the Rangers. I think they're a team that maybe is just struggling a little bit more than, than we expected now, but I think they're going to get it together. and. They're just, I just think they have too good of a team, especially with Shisterkin back there. And I think they'll get it together. But I'm certainly not complaining about their struggles, that's for sure.
2: Yeah, definitely. It's kind of evident. But the Red Wings are another kind of pleasant surprise yes. to me 11 5 4.
0: Yes. And, and just to, you know, look at these teams now, you have Detroit coming up now. They're, they're playing a little bit better. But, you know, Columbus, right? Johnny Gaudreau, talk about the Metro division here. And this is a guy who signs a big contract, shocks the hockey world. And you want to talk about a team that's struggling. They can't even get out of the base. And what do you think's happened there in Columbus that they're having such a hard time, especially after bringing in a star like that?
2: You know what? I think that was kind of destined, not destined to fail. That's dramatic. But I think they're rebuilding. And they need a few more years regardless. And I think people got their hopes up way too much. And maybe I'll pat Lou on the back for not signing him but it just seems like kind of a, a big contract for a guy who's always needed a supporting cast and like that's no shade to Johnny but I, I do think he isn't up there with like the elite players for me I think he's uh, one of the best in the league but not the best of the best And we are kind of treating him like he was so I think again sometimes it's good to really think these things through and be brave enough to not do something just to do it and sign in you
0: know right on for sure and then the last one I'll leave you with you, you mentioned the Devils they are such a big surprise is this a team that you know despite their youth and I suppose a little bit of green with around that team and, and how we didn't expect and you think this is a a pace I mean not necessarily winning what 20 out of their, <laughs> their first 25 games but do you think this is something they can keep up and actually you know contend for the division and maybe home ice in the metro
2: yeah, I think there comes a time in every young team's life where they get it together and become that team that like everybody was hoping they would be. And I think they're not gonna they're gonna have struggles. It's a long season for sure, but I do think you got to look at the streaks, and they can look back on this and say, you know what, we have this huge streak before. We know we're good. We can draw on that confidence. And then you got Jack Hughes with his first hat trick. It's like all these milestones are happening right. for the younger players that have needed to happen and then you got like Dougie Hamilton and the goaltending is actually working out kind of going in a different direction so I think a lot of pieces are coming together at the right time and it's building confidence there.
1: Sarah, thanks so much for this. You were amazing last year on my media podcast telling us your story. I know you're an inspiration to a lot of people and congratulations on on being back home and with Bleacher Report and the Too Many Men podcast, which is doing incredibly well and is a great listen. I really, really appreciate you and your talents and your creativity. Uh, Thanks for doing this tonight, Sarah. It's
2: always a pleasure. Thanks so much. Thanks,
0: buddy. See you down the road. Have a great night. Of course. All right, folks, that was Sarah Sivian of the Bleacher Report and the Too Many Men podcast. Great stuff. So the Devils are for real. And I guess the Islanders are too, a little bit. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they're in a different, yeah.
1: 40 games from now, where will the Devils and the Islanders be? I don't think anybody can say that. For sure, I couldn't. I don't think anybody could say the Devils will definitely be over the Islanders. Mm -hmm. I don't. Nothing would surprise me right now. I think there's there's still questions yet. There, they've done enough to be in the case of the Devils to have a playoff spot. Almost all but wrapped up. Mm -hmm. In the case of the Islanders, have shown enough with the goalies, both goalies. By the way, credit to Varlamov for being ready when he's been called. Yeah. Um. And uh, so. Listen, one thing I want to talk about here, it came up on the on the way here. It seems like when I check Twitter and it, these are things that are trending that I would be interested in, and this isn't worldwide, okay? This isn't Ronaldo and Messi, but Barry okay. Trotz is always freaking trending. And it's because every man. because every time a team like the Rangers loses a game like they did last night, right. all of a sudden Ranger fans are saying they should get Trotz, and then a lot of Ranger fans are saying, no, he's the wrong guy for them. I I, I understand why some would say that. I don't think Barry Trotz is the wrong guy for any team. I don't, I don't want to hear about talent and all, and all that. Sure. Um, but I'm fascinated by the fact that Barry has started about, like, six weeks ago to come out mm. and – do some interviews, some mm. notable, some nationwide podcasts. He's had an interview with Pierre Lebrun. Um, he's thrown himself out there. I actually, and I'm a huge fan of him uh, on a personal level. Mm. Um, I don't. I think it looks sometimes a little distasteful. I would suggest if I was his representative to maybe go away for a while. Um, mm. I think every coach, just about every coach in this league, no, he's out there and it looks like, He's waiting for his neck. He's waiting for somebody to get fired to take over. Mm. That's the optics. I, I if with a lot of people in the business. Go ahead, challenge me, fight me on that.
0: I I will, and because I think that if he wanted a job, he would have had it already. I think that going into the season, he would have taken a job. already.
1: Okay, but let me ask you this: When the Islanders relieved him of his duty, mm. he didn't say shit. Right, he disappeared, and to this day, he still has and He's had a. He's had a pleasant thing to say, oh, I enjoyed working for Lou. You know, Mm -hmm. I learned from him. Louis said they're still in touch, you know, all that. But he he never said anything. And now he's out there. And by the way, I don't think he's out there campaigning. Yeah, I don't think he's, he doesn't need to sell himself. What I'm saying is I don't think he knows that it's not a great look. There's all these other coaches who are out there. He wouldn't want that if he was on the other side of it. Mm -hmm. I think there's just something to be said. He's going to get a job. I think his plan all along has been to take the best job he can get in the summer of 2023. Mm -hmm. Ideally, as Sarah referenced, he wants to cook. Yeah, you know, he wants to shop for some of the groceries in addition to cook. It's an old Bill Parcells thing I referenced months ago. Months ago, about not only coaching but having some player personnel. He might not ever get that. It's a great chance. Some teams are going to tell him, mm. "You are a coach, and you are a coach only. You don't get right. to be GM or player personnel." Well, it worked out director. great for Millberry. But so. um, that, yeah, a long, long time <laughs> ago. And- oh, I was, I was, I was being facetious, for Chris. <laughs> yeah, I was not serious. Um, so, I it's it's interesting to me that he's putting himself out there. And I'm sure there's this coaches who are just tired of seeing, uh, hearing his name come up and it's a hard enough job. And I think within the coaching fraternity, there's a lot of love and respect for each other for the Mm -hmm. most part. And um, I'm not saying he's out there just looking to jump on a job. I'm just saying I'm surprised he hasn't gone away again because he never, he didn't do the, the appropriate round of interviews would have been to the Islanders media like Kevin, like Andrew, after he was let go. That is that is that is absolute protocol that eventually mm-hmm. when the guy has time to get over it, to think about what he mm-hmm. wants to say, and he never did that. And instead he's doing these somewhat protected safe interviews where he talks about what he wants to do going well, forward Well that's interesting. I go think ahead. if
0: if we learned anything from him, coaching the New York Islanders, is the man likes to talk. Yes. The man he's is willing to talk. And I don't think there's anything wrong with him, you know, having an interview here or there in the media. I certainly don't think he's campaigning. He doesn't have to. I, I still think he's the the best coach not coaching in the NHL. He was the best coach coaching in the NHL when he was coaching the New York Islands as far as I'm concerned. So I think, you know, who knows the, the the absolute truth? But maybe he wasn't ready to take a job yet. Maybe the right job wasn't right. available over the summer. Uh, I don't know if his, his mind has changed or anything like that. But if and when he's ready to coach. Somebody will be waiting for him with essentially a blank check, so I think he'll get that job if and when he wants it. Or maybe, maybe just a managerial job, or who knows? Maybe, maybe he's prepping himself to get into you know get behind the, the broadcast booth or something like that. Maybe we'll see him on ESPN Plus one of these days. You know, we don't know.
1: It was uh, we had happened to have Andrew Gross and Kevin Curson back to back weeks, which I think All was just a coincidence. But it was interesting to hear them talk about. I, I tried to like. Uh, Say nice things about Lane and his media, and both of them got uh, almost wistful for the days of Barry, and said, "You know, um, I thought that was interesting." Right. Um, right? He was a quotable man. I just don't. I don't see Barry Trotz getting a GM job. Um, I just don't. I, and, and if, if I'm the owner of a team, or the, it's like you are a you great want to coach. coach. Yeah. I, I want in the coach. So right. I appreciate him. Wanting mm-hmm. to be the GM, uh, GMs tend to not get fired. Using the Mike Milbury example, there you go. Um, so uh, <laughs> the Garth Snow example, yeah. But anyway, it's all very the Garth Snow. <laughs> we got two of them. Um, so anyway, it was very. It's an interesting thing to me. Uh, last thing to put a uh, little bit of a bow on on Trotz yeah. and Lamorello mm-hmm. through these interviews that Barry's. Given through some of the stuff that Lou has said to when he did the interview in Nashville with Kevin and Andrew and anyone else that might have been interviewing him. It seems like the, the biggest takeaway here is that Lou Lamorello decided uh, and may have even said to Barry, this is a classic, I can't, I don't have the ability to change out. 12 players this crew is coming back or most of it's coming mm-hmm. back mm-hmm. and it's a cliche. You can't fire all the players. You can't trade all the players. Sure. You fire the coach. Sure. And as good as this coach was as epically good as this coach was, that was the decision to, to turn the page on last year's bad year. Right. And even though I didn't like it at the time and there's no reason to ever think I that it was a good idea. If you look at the results right now with this currently uh, current Islander season, Lou has not gotten that wrong. If they he hasn't, if they go really far in the playoffs, we'll even go. I'll even go so far as to say he really got that right. And way to go, Lamarelli! You did it again. But that's where things stand now. Uh, it just is, I think he needed to turn the page on last season. Was concerned about bringing back everybody, including the lead voice, who is a big voice and a constant voice and a gregarious voice and um, okay because we're sitting here at seven games over 523 games into the season
0: exactly look at look at Lou and Lane right now and they're they're coming out rosy at the moment again there's still plenty of games to go but you know, good for them, and and you know what? Maybe there just is something a Lula Amarillo. Maybe he does know a thing or two about GM and a hockey team.
1: Sorry, I, I think I after the Sarah interview, I kind of took you on a plan that's not on the index. We're cards all good because I'm gonna
0: I'm them. gonna reel it back in right now. Don't worry about it. So we were talking about Oliver Wallstrom before we broke for Sarah. So let's let's expand on that just a little bit. We talked about how we want to keep his hands protected. I understand that, but it also is a good sign that he's willing to stick up for his teammates if or just you know when he's literally forced into fighting somebody like D'Angelo did. He had no choice in that matter. But it's nice to see that he's willing to stick up for his guys. And And the players were interviewed after the game, and they they showed appreciation for the fact that Wally was able to take care of himself and handle himself. And they said that that provided a spark to the team. So you look at that, and while he's not the guy you necessarily want, being involved in that all the time. It's nice to know that he's he's ready and willing to stick up for his teammates when the, when the time comes. But the real question I wanted to ask you and just kind of discuss here is, is that he's currently averaging 12 minutes on the dot per game. Yeah, and he's got I, – I looked at it before. He's basically averaging about half a, half a point per game. He's pretty much on that trajectory. So he's doing pretty well with a limited amount of ice time. So is this a guy who deserves a little more? You look at the goal that he scored that we just talked about a little bit here. You talk about the shot that he has. Is is he still, you know, unf- I don't know if unfairly is the proper word, but... Is is it still uh, you know a little too slow going from the way Barry Trotz handled him and now Lane Lambert? Is this a guy who they need to kind of allow to flourish a little bit more since he keeps kind of showing that when he is on the ice,
1: good things are happening? I guess I would throw it back with a question to you: like it, it could be situational. All these game, a lot of these games have most of them have been close. Sure, and True. so that could impact it, right? Sure, absolutely. Like he's not one of the nine that he's gonna roll out there all the time and he's time. not one of the four going on the pk PK, so right. that, that's also an issue too so listen the 12 minutes sound low right. um they are it is low you know how this works right if they're, <laughs> yeah. if they're at 500 or a couple of games below 500 mm-hmm. it's a major talking point that i can't believe this guy with all this offensive ability right but right now while you're winning I can't. Right. There isn't. They could have be Philly six two. <laughs> yeah, I can't criticize right. who's starting right. goalie. I can't. You know, right now, right now they're on a stretch, and this happens with coaches. By the way, coaches can get a hot hand too. Coaches know this too. Coaches know that they can that things that might work out for several weeks in a row. Wow, I can't go wrong no matter who I put out mm-hmm. there. You know, then things cool off. I had a thing with Scott Gordon back when Remember, when I was doing that little blog, the point blank thing. Of course. Yeah. I, w- I think it was the year that I was, I think it was like the official team blogger for two years. So anyway, the, the Scott year, despite the fact that the team wasn't good, they had this one stretch where they killed like 30 or 40 in a row. Uh, killed. Okay, and I said to Scott, who was not media friendly, as Billy. chapman <laughs> no, knows, was. A lot of people know. Rob um, Garland knows. Yeah. To this, yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, <laughs> I didn't know how like public that was. Um, the <laughs> they said it was on the in, television. Everybody saw in, it. Said, okay. Cool. Cool. <laughs> um, we should have him on someday. I think you can talk about. It. Um, I said to Scott, I said, "Hey, I want to. Would you let me in? I want to sit in the coach's office, watch break breakdown tape. You know what's working." And he's like "I'll do it I'll do it for you Chris but I know the minute this goddamn story runs we're gonna give up a we're gonna give up a goal and of course that's what happened right. and i I could even right. see him like flinging his arms <laughs> behind the benches He's the looking right for net. you <laughs> so um yeah that's my little tale about how you can run a hot and, and cold hands here There on the wally thing mm. yeah every time he gets a goal I see a fan to you well that's what you know now you have a coach who's taken the He's taken the uh, shackles off. I don't think he really has taken the shackles off. He's just got a couple more goals right now. So this is the education of Oliver Wallstrom. I I don't like a lot of things with this team. I don't know when it ends yet, but it's not the good. Here's the good thing. It's not a failure. Right? It's, right. A, oh, not it's not it. right? it's not a oh he's not gonna make it. It's not uh he's in that Kiefer Bellow stage. No, he's 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 right. above that. So while he's still in it and potting that big goal every once in a while mm-hmm. and making a difference every four or five games, is that fair or unfair? I'll leave that up to you to decide. You know, he's still a project that's mm-hmm. uh he's doing okay.
0: Yeah, and like you said, it's hard to argue when they're winning hockey And his games. teammates
1: seem to really like him, too.
0: Yes, they do. I get that. They do. Well, let's talk about a new linemate of his recently, and we'll see how long this lasts. But Simon Holmstrom makes his debut, gets into three games this week. He gets an assist versus Columbus. A nice little chip up the boards to Matt Barzell, which led to Oliver Walsham's goal in that game. So is this a kid that belongs? Probably, this is probably a little taste for him. When Murray comes back, he's apparently he's day-to-day with an upper body injury. He probably gets gets sent back to Bridgeport when Palmary's ready to go.
1: Possibly. Oh, intrigue. From what I've seen, usual preface, not an analyst or whatever, but when I have watched him, which is closely the few times he's been out there for the for the NHL club, I look at him and I think, man, this is that Sergei Nemchinov. Um, okay. This is that. Okay. He, he's that Lou Lamorello guy. Kind okay. of wind him up. Mm-hmm. Uh, steady, surprise you once in a while, good defensively, strong, um, not going to set the world on fire, but a guy you don't lose any sleep over every time you have him out there. And I would dare say that if he was to somehow put a few more games together, he might not go down. There seems to be a theme
0: where, you know, whether it's players being interviewed, asked about him. Barzell had some nice things to say. Wallstrom had some nice things to say playing on the same line with him. and Even Lane Lambert, it seems like he's comfortable, even though he's just getting his feet wet here. It looks like, you know, I know Stefan Rosner put a piece out talking about him, saying he looks
1: like he's been been up for a while. You know, he looks like a veteran out there. He's comfortable and he's calm and he's cool. Yeah, like, I mean, couldn't, is it, couldn't he play, I'm asking you, couldn't he play on that fourth line? If he could play ten minutes there, he's never going to be a big offensive guy. I, I think mm-hmm. we could probably see that already. But you know, this fourth line's still not—they're they're okay. But should the it's guys need a rest, could he? He's a guy you plug in. Ah, uh,
0: you uh, at his age, sure. I think that he's at the very least pegged for a middle six guy at worst. I don't think they're looking at him as a as a fourth line guy. I mean he was a he was a first rounder, wasn't he? Wasn't yeah, but bad.
1: this is a team where Walsham's playing twelve minutes. Okay. So him playing ten minutes <laughs> on the top line. <laughs> right. I'm saying <sorry. laughs> what is time, right? Um, Chris, you wanted to fight. Here. My point is. is like he's not when I say on the fourth line, they're not as a four minute guy, but as a ten minute guy. Sure. Sure. So I you know he could He's next in line to go down, but mm. I think he's shown enough to management, to the coaching staff that he could stay. And he could also, I think, because they
0: do have that extra spot, right? After hmm. they sent, yeah, because they, they're not carrying 23 right now. So I guess he could if, if they want him to hang up there, but we'll see. It'll I guess it depends on whether they want him to get into
1: games if and when Paul Mary yeah. comes back. Yeah, he, he'd be here to play yeah. at least two out of three, not to do the Robin Sala thing.
0: Okay, so we'll we'll see where the story goes. And yeah. then a little note here: Cal Clutterbuck, he gets the uh, the the deleted hits now. He he broke the record ever since yeah. ever since they started tracking him in what was it, two thousand five, two thousand six. So
1: something to tip your hat to. He likes to throw the body around. I the, the <laughs> record is great. Uh, it, the hit stat is funny to me because it, when when fans want to crap on a team having a lot of hits, mm-hmm. what do they say? You tell me. It means you didn't. You don't have the puck. Oh yes, of
3: course, right? of course. So,
1: and I've seen Islander fans. Once the Islanders got better, mm-hmm. <laughs> I've seen them say that at other teams, like Brian Reeves, for example. Oh, great, Reeves! I didn't because he didn't have the puck. Right. So, but, but you can I'm, never win. Yeah, <laughs> you can never win. That said, because le- I've I think I've said this now a few times. Mm-hmm. Cal bro has been a really really good New York guy. Oh, absolutely. And nobody's waiting for me. They don't need me to say that. But, like, let's not lose sight of the fact, no matter where it goes from here, in terms of the rest of his contract, whether he continues to play a regular shift. Mm -hmm. If if it ended tomorrow for him, Mm -hmm. he has had an unbelievable career. Trade was a unique one. We don't have to relive that. Right, of course, of course. You would do it because now with the complete body of work. Um, and that's even not a criticism. You know, Niederreiter who's bounced around is yeah. a very good player. I would have liked to see him here, come back again sometime. Maybe that happens. Um, <laughs> but know. Clark's been good. Just the hits thing is amazing to me. And when they put in the hit stat, it wasn't good for PR people because mm-hmm. I had, I'll, I'll just give you one example. Okay. I had a guy, Come up to me. I, I, I definitely can't name them. They were all bigger than me. So I, okay. It was a big guy. <laughs> Fair I had a guy come up to me after a game, brandishing the the, the the sheet. I don't know if they still print them out now, but he had the, he had the printout. Okay. The game's over. Mm-hmm. And he's like, we got to talk. And this is somebody who didn't score a lot. You know, mm-hmm. And he pulls me into a side room and he says, bots, I'm out there busting my fucking ass. For every minute i get mm-hmm. every shift i get i know where i came from i know where i have played i mm-hmm. know where i was drafted i know oh, and i'm like where is this going other than me like perhaps being injured <laughs> and and i was like i hear you what you know what's up he's like how how can how can they sit up there in the press box which is where they were at the time and and then i come in and see a zero Next uh, hits for me. Mm. When I could tell you, and I'll show you the tape. And blah, blah, yeah, blah. yeah, yeah, And I was, just, I'm so afraid I'm going to say the guy's name by I accident. I was like, buddy I'm, I'm sorry, and I hear you, and I'll talk to the guys, and, you know, and we rectified it. But for the guys who, I, maybe it's less of a thing mm. now. I don't know. Yeah. Um, uh, my, brethren in that business can talk about it now, but it's things like that, giveaways, takeaways, hits for the guys who aren't getting 40 yeah, points. Yeah. They need something order. to hang their hat on. They, yeah. they, the, you know, and I will say, especially for the hitter guys. Now, I don't think anybody's missing Clutterbuck's or, uh, Sezikis or Matt's, um, hits, but, You know, it it could be a problem, and they they are easy to miss. So I I don't blame the guy for having the pride to come to me and and say, please, you got to take a look at this. Just to say that you were the guy you had to go to. to Stop pointing the finger at (laughs) it. There were times where that was just part of the job, and that's okay. All right, good stuff. All right, so we we talked about it a little bit, but let's very
0: quickly go through what's on tap, so we bring that segment up real quick. So here we go. Uh, a little break for the island. There's not four games this week; only three. They got a couple of days off, but to go into Philly Tuesday for a potential round two of of what happened the other night. You think we're going to see some more fists thrown, or what?
1: Yeah, I think it'll. I think the Islanders will need to be ready for that, and they will be. They can handle themselves. Um, Does Ross Johnson dress? I would say I would say it would be a mistake if they do because I don't think they need that. Okay, they need to beat them. Play their and game, then get the two hold points their own. Like I don't, you know, the the whole fighting thing. If somebody doesn't want to fight, they don't. You know, there's there is still a code there, so some mm-hmm. fighter type on the Flyers is not going to beat up on. You know, that's very well, very. The, uh, rare. Temples
0: were tempers were high on the on the Islanders bench. They might be looking for a little uh yeah. retribution and
1: and what but what would it say about those eighteen guys who played? Saturday, if one of them sits and there's a feeling that Big Ross had to play. And I know it's a road mm-hmm. game, mm-hmm. so you don't have the matchup and all that stuff. But that would seem like an overreaction to me. You've okay. won four in a row. You're on a roll. This is a team you should beat. And, uh, you know, I would hope it wouldn't come to that because you do still have to beat them in the game. And then you handle whatever needs to be handled after that. And they have the guys to do that.
0: Okay. All right. I'm with you there. And then Friday – play Nashville a little chance at revenge after dropping the game recently against them and then as you mentioned Sunday against this struggling
1: team in Chicago and that wraps up your week yeah I don't uh that Nashville game will be the standout in terms of most interesting to me I don't know where it goes I, I do think that the fact that they lost that one there will sting with them and, and yes be another benchmark not because Nashville's like that super strong a team but that's the toughest that, of the yeah. three and, and it's it's easy to say, but they're going to need to play a lot better than they did Saturday against the Flyers when they play Nashville on Friday. Okay, I'm with you.
0: So, folks, that's what's on tap for the New York Islanders. Philly Tuesday, Nashville Friday, and the Chicago Blackhawks on Sunday. So now, Eddie, how are we doing back there? Ready to queue up the Hero of the Week or what? Yeah. Yeah, we got it. <laughs> you good, bud? <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. We let's got do it. it. Let's do it. All righty. Ladies and gentlemen, when you hear this song, that means it's time for the... Hero of the Week brought to you by the Blue Line Deli and Bagels Half Price Hero, which this week is The Godfather featuring Cappy Ham, Genoa Salami, pepperoni, provolone, lettuce and tomato, oil and vinegar on a hero. That's a lot of ingredients, but I hear it's delicious. So with that out of the way, Chris Botta, who is your Hero of the Week? My Hero of the Week is
1: Zach Parisi. Zach Parisi, tell us why. You know, it's, it's now becoming, I, 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 don't, I can't look at these always as the week, but this is now an Islanders Achievement Award. Okay, and yeah. he continues to prove it. Uh, the question would be, what kind of start would he have this year after not having a good start like just about right. everybody else on the team right. last year? And he is answer that. And, of course, two goals in the win over the Flyers, you know, seven on the season. Yeah, that sounds about right. He had he had an assist on
0: JG Pedro's uh, shorty uh, the other night as well when he had the goal, the power play goal, and the short uh, handed goal. So yeah, no, Parise has been excellent. He's been excellent. Even he was still good last year, even when he wasn't putting pucks in the net. He's and but now he's getting rewarded for all his hard work because he does. He goes out there every shift and he's setting a great example for the young guys on this team, whether it's Wallstrom or whether it's Holmstrom, whoever it is. But I think it's a great pick for the hero. And who do you got? Well, I was considering going with Zach, but I wanted to switch it up. And we were just talking about this guy, and I'm going to give it to Oliver Wallstrom. Uh, I like what he showed. I like the fire that he showed coming back against D'Angelo in the fight. I like the goal that he scored against Columbus. And I do, look, I'm not going to tell Lane Limbert how to do his job, especially with the way he has the team going right now. But I wouldn't mind seeing him getting out on the ice a little bit more maybe getting an opportunity to pot a couple more points, pot a couple more goals. And, and then maybe, you know, that conversation about, oh, the Islanders need to bring in more scoring.
1: Maybe he can quiet that a little bit. So Oliver Wallstrom is my hero. Great choice. Work. I like it. And I, and I apologize. You know, I should ask asked for your take on him with minutes, but it worked out perfectly since he's your hero. So you answered that. he You wanted Oliver to get more. There you have it. Um, Parise. Yes. It's early, mm-hmm. but it just bears watching. He okay. he signs for basically the minimum a yeah. year ago, yeah. and we all know he's got the huge buyout from Minnesota. He's got the money, right? Then he comes back and he does it again at pretty much at the minimum. I think with some bonuses, yep. he seven fifty k. Yeah, but let's be honest that that this is a discount if you look at points. If oh you yeah, look at, right. So he's on the second year, and now the production's there. I'm not here to say he's going to get twenty eight goals this year, but he could get around twenty or so. He's already on. He certainly he's on pace for it. For that What happens if because it would be very it would be incredible, but like I don't see him doing it a third time. This is getting way ahead of ourselves. So that's okay. It, right? But if he'll so do the right, show, right, is right, why we do a show, right? We talk for 16 minutes about Islanders every week, if not more than once a week, right? Sure. So you know that that's gonna be really interesting to me because whether it's his agent, players' association, Zach himself, it would be really unheard of. Let's see again. He has another really strong season. Mm. Is that model you talked about? Now the points are there, and then would he actually do it again? And I know some people might say, "Yeah, but he made nine million a year or whatever like that." Right. He's still
0: cashing in on that. Yeah,
1: but if you look at every sport, every professional league, including this one, that is just not the norm. The guy eventually will go where he'll you know, say it's where he was most valued because they offered the most, as they should, as I would never uh, suggest that anybody should consider otherwise. But, like, he, he... Well, I guess what could happen is that the Anders just might have to spend a little more on the cap to retain him next year. A great problem to have because that, right. just, that just means, means he' had means he's a continue year. another good season. Right. But I just don't think he's – if he if he comes back a third year, well, then just rename – sorry, Bobby Nystrom, but rename the Bob Nystrom <laughs> Award after Zach Marisa. No, I'm glad you – Because I I just I, – fans I need to understand, I, I think most of them do, but it's unheard of. A guy does not sign for the, the ultimate discount mm. just because he's happy year after year after year.
0: Yeah, no, for sure, and and the amazing thing to me is that he's doing it at 38 years old, mm-hmm. you know, and, and it's it's so funny, like because everybody you know uses that cliche the wrong side of 30, and that's kind of when you start, you know, maybe wondering when a guy is gonna, his production is going to start tailing off, and for some guys it's 31, some guys it's 35, and Zach Parise, while he's not the Zach Parise that we know from the the bulk of his career, the fact that he's still able to play at the level he is now. Is, is very impressive to me, and, and I think, look, going down that road that you that you took us on here, I mean, that's something you think about, it, you know, there's going to come a point where he's not going to do it anymore, and we don't know if the cutoff is this year, next year, whatever it is, and and A, I think he he loves playing for the Islanders, the fact that he's, he's playing for his father's team, and I think he has a very good relationship with Lula Amarillo, I think that's pretty, pretty obvious as well, so I think if he does continue to produce and they see room for him next year, because who knows who's taking up spots next season. But I have a feeling he's not going to be like, Hey, listen, Lou, I put up 22 last
1: year. I'm, I, I want to see three and a half or four. You know what I mean? I don't think that's going good. Yeah. The answer year. would be is that he gets a real nice raise. It's mm-hmm. still below value. Yeah. Uh, a fun problem to have. I'm glad you mentioned uh, JP. It just warms the heart. It's just so neat to see a uh, out there. He's such history for this franchise and, Big goal in '75, and a beloved uh, former Islander, and uh, and and just to see Zach out there is great. And it says everything about Zach that that there's a couple of ways this can go. He he plays for his for his hometown team, in Minnesota, and and no matter how much they paid him and all that, the decision was made that we would rather you not be on our team anymore. Right. Right. And that can't be easy to hear. Now, right. sometimes guys just like, hey, you know, it wasn't meant to be. I had a great run. I'm going to go invest. I'm going to go do TV. I'm going to do you know, sure. whatever. Sure. This guy decided, I'm going to be part of a team that's had some struggles lately. Although, obviously, when he joined, they were coming off. And I'm going to help make them better. And I'm going to sign for the lowest number, basically, yeah. that they could sign to. And now, so last year, I was uh, skeptical, and you could even say cynical at times about Zach Creasy. Now, it, there's just nothing left to say. But He's Hollywood, a New York yeah. Islander. Yeah. yeah, yeah, really, really great. Yes, great stuff. So,
0: folks, want to thank you so much for tuning in here at twitch.tv slash hockey night NY. And, of course, your favorite podcast providers. We're going to take one more quick break. When we come back, we're going to hit questions brewing, then we're going to wrap this thing
4: up. We'll be right back. Miss the days of mixtapes and arcades? Love the taste of a bold IPA or maybe an ice cold lager? There's a place where all of those magical things come together Lost Farmer Brewing Company. At 63A East 2nd Street in the heart of Mineola, Lost Farmer combines a love of the 80s and a passion for quality beer to create brews that can only be described as gnarly, radical, and totally tubular. The retro vibe of the tasting bar will amp up your nostalgia while the blend of both local and exotic ingredients amp up your taste buds. you're not your thing, crack open a can of cider or sip a Chardonnay on the extended patio. Order up from the snack menu. You can even bring your own. If you're more of a homebody, pick up a growler to go or order online at lostfarmerbrewing.com. And for all of Long Island's hockey fans, Lost Farmer created the delicious Stable Shaker American Lager to celebrate the newly built UBS Arena at Belmont Park. Whether you're at the stable for a hockey game, concert, or a comedy show, you can find Stable Shaker by can and draft around the arena. So raise a cup to the next cup with Lost Farmer Brewery, the future of Long Island craft beer.
0: It's time for Questions Brewing, brought to you by Lost Farmer Brewing Company. That's right, folks. It is time for Questions Brewing. Ed, how are we doing in the chat there, buddy? It's very active. Is that tonight? right? It's very active. Have yeah. they
3: forgiven you for last week? There's no question.
0: Oh, okay, because I, fi- I thought they fired you last Consider week. Consider
3: there, there was no last week.
0: Wow. But wow. Okay. Uh,
3: before we get started, I'd like to welcome a first-time chatter and new follower to the channel, uh, New Wave Halifax. Welcome. Hey, how's it going? Very active tonight. All right. Thank you for joining us on Excellent. the program. Excellent. Love that. Love yeah, to see it. Hello, that. Halifax. Yeah, so right. let's start rolling him out, bud. All right, T. Boyle wasn't here last week. Hey, so We'll start Tommy. off with a little T. Boyle. Has Holstrom earned his own spot on the team, and if so, who sits? Well, it's funny you should ask, Tom, because we, we did talk about that <laughs> just earlier, <laughs> and I think we covered it, so
0: I, I don't think he's earned a spot yet. Chris seems to think he might have earned himself a longer look.
1: I wonder. He just deserves to play over Ross Johnson.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm with Fred you I, on Fred that. But I
1: understand Ross Johnson doesn't play either. So. Right, right, and and we have to
0: wait and see how long Kyle Palmieri is going to be on the men because sometimes day-to-day becomes week-to-week, and we don't know, and we know the the veil of secrecy that, that they have in the, in the New York Islanders organization. I don't think it's much more than, you know, anything to get too concerned about, but the longer Palmieri's out, I think the longer Holmstrom will be there, and... I think ultimately when Murray comes back, if they don't want to carry Holmstrom as an extra man, like Chris was saying, they'd probably prefer him to be on the ice. or will go back to Bridgeport. But by all accounts, a, a great little showing from him here in those three games.
1: What do you got?
3: All righty. Next from A 19 Hey, The Islanders still at a score at the trade deadline if things stay the same as they are now. Yes. El- elaboration or? No, I mean, like, <laughs> by the <laughs> way, is it will they or
1: should they? What was it? uh do they still basically will they they're they're going to try there's no question that's gm's job is to make his team better and and by the time we get to that point they'll they'll could they could use some offense and and so he'll be shopping
0: yeah if if they if they continue on the trajectory that they're on i I would still even say if if you can find a guy you can bring in to add to the scoring you do it
3: yeah i agree all right we got coach lambert what's up coach yeah (laughs) So, Lane Burt's system is working well in the regular season, but is this still a team that can look things down defensively like
1: you know it's amazing so it's like two
3: thieves that wait
1: (laughs) we got the jest but it's november twenty seventh. he's talking
3: about the playoffs are they built for the playoffs
1: it's november 27th and they're there and i know they've won four in a row and that colors everything but like as recently as like november 22nd i still saw tweets either i was getting or about them about lambert not being good and like man tough crowd it is. It is. <laughs> this is eye on the country, Chris.
0: You're, you're, you're more familiar with than anybody sitting here.
1: At times, yeah. I've, I've also seen this other side where I've been critical and then people tell me, you know, too critical or that they just, there's, there are, there's an element of a fan base that just believes in anything. But, like, uh, you know, we, we don't know because he <laughs> hasn't coached in the playoffs. Yes. This is his first NHL head coaching job. For sure. But what well, w- well, does this system.
0: But, well, look, I'll say this coming from being the uh, associate coach in the right. Barry Trot, He knows how to coach Barry Trott's hockey. He knows how to coach playoff hockey. So if he has to modify depending on the opponent or depending on the circumstances – it's not like it's not like Lame Lambert is, is now, you know, just uh, tunnel visioned into this one, you know, method of playing and and that if that has to change, if that has to adapt, I'm sure he will. And maybe we see more elements of Barry Trotz hockey when we get to the playoffs because it has proven to be quite successful.
1: Yeah. Let's not lose sight of the fact and I'd say this for even when Barry was the head coach, that this is a team who's president and general manager is Little so if you look at the Devils' success in the times when they weren't so successful, they played a certain way, they were coached a certain way. Uh, the, the the one constant has been Lou Lamorello. If anything, the second constant has been Jacques Lemaire, who has oh always God. been Lou's guy. <laughs> That's right. And yeah. uh, so I'm just, they're not going to be the go He's go, still go. part of the organization, yes, right? They're he's not still gonna on the website? The, They're not going to he, he's he will always be around and there's you know, always a phone call. Sure, away. Sure. I couldn't actually tell if he's exactly in the directory at this very second. I think he is. Okay. But, okay. Um, and that's a good, you know, that's a good thing. Sure. There's nothing, you know. Yeah, yeah. and, uh, so, you know, it, this isn't, they're not going to be this, uh, you know, Tortorella lightning, you know, you know, go for it all the time. Kind of thing. Sure. This is, there's, this is still a little Amarillo team. So, uh, whether that's going to work in the playoffs. I <laughs> don't know. You can't believe we're already talking. I, I was about to say I love I love the spirit there
0: that twenty games yeah. I guess I guess we hit that Thanksgiving cutoff coach and, and, and coach Coach Lambert. Lambert in for, he's like, We're yeah. in. <laughs> we're going to the playoffs. What else? Anything what else? What do you got, Ezo?
3: Uh we got uh I think this is might be the only one I see with questions brewing here. Alright. Um, it could be early. This is the question. Do they have to hashtag it or something?
1: It's just it
0: helps Ed find it questions, when they, when they put
3: questions brewing, nice big. Right, right. It's I mean, easy, you know, it's an I, easy stopping I think point. Like lines of chat,
0: mark, lines right? of chat with a question mark at the no, end. So also, we apply. don't, we don't,
3: we don't want to do repeats. So I'm looking carefully here. Correct, sure. We sure. want, we want sure. to make think, sure everyone I gets their that a shot like this, maybe, uh, well, yeah. maybe, more particularly <laughs> you, Chris. <laughs> I'm, I'll, I'll live with it. I'll live with it. So it's early, but could you see Lambert as candidate for coach of the year?
0: Yes, absolutely. If if they continue playing the way that they're playing. Well, look, I don't know how you, you win it over Lindy Ruff at this point, right? If, if the Devils continue going on the on the track that they're on. But you'd have to think if the Islanders stick around essentially where they are, you know, maybe home ice if they can't get the division, which right now isn't looking like it. But you have to at least consider, uh, I almost said Lambert just because the game's coming out. That what happened. <laughs> but you have to consider Lane Lambert. Because he wasn't given a lot of credit going into the season. And and it's funny because even Sarah, they're still kind of hedging their bets with the Islanders. You know, like she said, ah, oh, wild card team. They, mm-hmm. You know, they're sitting in second place in the division, but everybody's being very cautious with the Islanders. We're, we're funny enough, the Devils, up, oh, nope, they're they're looking good. They're number four in the power ranking power rankings this week. Meanwhile, the, the Islanders are down number twelve and they got a couple teams that are behind them in the standings, but still ahead of them, if you if you pay attention, that sort of thing. But getting back to the original question. I would have to think that he's a candidate if he leads this team to the playoffs. Does he win the trophy? Depends on where they end up. But I, he has to be considered.
1: I think they would have, I think he'll be considered. Yeah. But I don't think he'll be a top, the, the, rap, the path to him for a top three is going to have to be a, a wild overachievement. By that, I would say first or second. Um, you know, 100 and... Ten point like I just don't think him making the plastic gonna be enough because I agree. Like, there's three finalists. And one of them is going to be Lindy, almost certainly. If Lindy doesn't get fired, if they lose nine, or, or, <laughs> who knows? This crazy. <laughs> At least sport. the fans came around. Yeah, for this them. sport is just so nuts. Nothing. Yeah. You know. By the way, Philly has now lost ten in a row for the third time in a row. Three weeks ago, the Buffalo Sabres, Everybody was talking about they're finally back. Which Every makes, year, which makes us now the fifth year that everybody said the Sabres were back, and now they're not. And who knows? Maybe they turn it around. Poor um, Buffalo. So I, I don't. I just don't know if Lane will stand out as a. As a top three guy, it'll probably depend on what happens with some other teams. Like what happens at West? Is there that surprise team that comes out of nowhere, does great? And uh, but he's in the consideration right now. He's won four in a row. He's won four he's in got a row. All the answers. Yeah, yeah. He did five earlier.
0: So let's see how long this streak goes. Ed, do you have anything else for us?
3: No. I. Everyone's studied up this week. No questions. Perfect. Okay. Yeah. Perfect. But us. everyone does want to know. When are we getting Lou on the podcast? Lou, we're yeah. getting Lou on the when podcast. We, yeah, when, well, we can't when do players, so everyone
1: when wants Lou, Lou. Does any podcast, <laughs> right? Um, <It'll, laughs> when he does an interview, do that's not with Pierre Lebron, um, <laughs> or in, or with the Beat Riders, as he should. Yeah, I, I know that won't happen, but it, that's okay. It'll be the year twenty forty five.
0: He'll <laughs> he'll he'll be retired, and he'll finally come around to to doing it. Well, there but, you have it, uh, folks. All right, there you have it. Questions brewing. Thanks so much for chiming in, getting your questions in. And that is going to
1: do it for the show, unless you wanted to add anything else, Chris. No, I will have to tell you someday before the end of the season about the day I interviewed, the night I interviewed Laura on a Broadway stage. I would love to hear about that.
0: Let's do that. But for now, oh, you have something else to say? No. Oh, Well, then for now, we're going to wrap this up. So, Ed, hit the music, pal. I want to thank you all so much for tuning in to twitch.tv slash hockey NY, And of course, later on on your favorite podcast providers, a huge, huge thanks to Sarah Sivian over at Bleacher Report and the Too Many Men podcast. And of course, a huge thanks to our wonderful sponsors, starting with Blue Line Deli and Bagels, located at 719 West Jericho, Turnpike in Huntington, 217 Carlton Avenue in East Islip, and of course, UBS Arena, at Belmont. A huge thanks to Lost Farmer Brewing Company, located at 63A Second Street in Mineola. Chris, where can we find you on social media? At
1: Chris Bada and HL.
0: You can find myself at Shoney Hockey. You can follow Hockey Night New York at Hockey Night NY on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. And, of course, folks, if you enjoy what we're doing here, please rate, review, subscribe, whether it's on YouTube, whether it's on your favorite pod pod provider. Let us know. Spread the word. Really appreciate all that. So for Chris Botta, for Ed and Jay behind the glass over there, and for myself, Sean Cufford, Weaving Hockey Night in New York, we will see you next time.